Welcome to the Circle Sessions featuring the Circle of Experts. The Circle of Experts are Yasmin Robles from Robles Designs, Tanisha English-Amamu of TJE Communications, and Don the Idea Guy. I'm Brett Johnson from Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants. Each week, one of our Circle of Experts joins me to talk about critical aspects of growing your podcast. We focus on marketing, social media monetization, and website design, implementing all of these to make your podcast the best it can be. This week, Don is here with the circle of experts. He possesses creative powers beyond those of mere mortals. Don, the idea guy, rescues those in need of innovative ideas through his brainstorming sessions at Five Buck Brainstorms. Don, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Brett, how's it going? Good. We talked in a previous, well, a couple of previous episodes, actually, and I'll, I'll put a link to our collection of Don, the idea guy, circle sessions, um, specifically about radio. And I, I thought it would be a good idea to kind of go a little bit deeper into the radio idea. Now, we brought the radio idea up of, of, of a marketing opportunity, maybe even buying airtime to promote your podcast. But I, it, it, the radio station itself or radio stations that you would deal with itself, I, I think we need to dig a little bit deeper just because you've had decades of experience with radio. I've had decades of experience with radio. And I think knowing what a podcaster may walk into by contacting a radio station is uh, something to be forewarned. <laughs> take the advice. <laughs> take the advice. Abandon all hope, ye who enter the FM station. Exactly. Studios. And that's not to say we're not saying not to do this. But I think it's one of those to know how to approach a radio station, to understand the makeup, to understand the levels of what's inside. Now, this is not the same at every radio station, but be prepared. Be forewarned, caveat emptor, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. The, the traditional, your mileage may vary. Yes. Uh, I think the easiest doorway to get through at a radio station is the sales door. That's so. I'd reach out to a salesperson. Yeah. We've we've both worked on yeah. the sales and programming sides, but the sales side is filled with people who are tasked with uh, serving customers. So you you can put a salesperson onto a task, and they'll they'll go do it. I mean, it. Hey, why don't you get me information on this? Like, oh, okay. Let me let me go back. Let me go get that information. That that's what their job is. So. The program director, I think, is the thickest wall to try and get through because they're trying to protect the integrity of their programming and the artistic insights and you know the science behind how they choose the content that will be on the air. I, I don't want to affect the content they have in their air. I, I want to buy spots. I want to rent uh, space on their station to turn part of their audience into my audience and then go away. That, I just want to go in, carve out a few new leads, win over a few new listeners and be out before they realize I'm doing something really cool that they should be charging me more for. All right. And looking at it, talking to that salesperson, obviously that salesperson's in, in that place to make money. So they're either going to make money from you <laughs> as the podcaster buying time, or you're giving them ideas or help them create ideas to make money off of your concept, <laughs> whether it's, you know, money off your podcast or the concept of, I want to spotlight this podcast. How can the station make money from it? Whether you make money from it or not, whatever your goal is, whether it's more exposure, then it's more exposure. If you want to make money from this, well, the sales rep's going to take a piece as well too. So the more layers you add, the, the, the more difficult it could be. 
Yeah. Uh, the, the simplest the simplest transaction you can have with a radio station is to trade them dollars for time on the air. It's it's very straightforward. Uh, there's little to no oversight to what you're going to talk about in that spot. Um, as long as you're political stuff, that's a different animal. They've got departments and special people to handle that stuff. Um, you can't say things that aren't true. But if you want to promote listeners listening to your podcast, they're they're not going to blink Right. twice at that if you're promoting a uh, an event that you're doing and you want to have people come out to that event they're not going to have a problem with that that's that's why they that's why they rent the airwaves that's why they sell station spots so let let's kind of dive in and, and maybe do some examples mm-hmm. because if you know what you want out of talking to a radio station audience it's going to be better it's going to be easier for you to walk in with a request uh, your requests need to be clear uh, it can be a bit of a circus inside of a radio station. You, you do have different departments. You have the sales department. You have a programming department. Those are the two primary groups. It's almost like the separation of church and state. The sellers cannot dictate what's going to be on the air as part of programming. And the programmers, uh, the, the program side, have very little insight into what the advertisers can do and what the sellers can sell on the air to monetize and wrap ads around the content the programming content that they're producing. So if you go in and go, I got a great idea to do uh, this moment in music history spot. I want you guys, I want a DJ to do a moment in music history every week. And I want to sell a, a sponsor on it. They may like that idea, but if they hate that idea, it's, it's not going to get it on the air. Now you could buy a 60 second spot on a radio station and promote this moment in music history and you can talk about that moment in music history and tell people to listen to your history of music podcast and there's nothing that the, the programming guys can do about it right right so it's you're accomplishing the same thing you're talking about music history and you're promoting your podcast about music history on the air one involves programming creating new content and approving this content to put on the air and they're going to it's something new, so they're going to be afraid of it. They're going to have to cut something else to fit that into it. You're going to have to have one of their DJs agree to do the homework required to report on this moment. There's a bunch of hoops to jump through, and they're not. some of them are on fire, right? But on the sales side, if you just want to promote your music history podcast, you buy a spot and you talk about this moment in music history. You want to hear more about this this minute in, in music history, tune into my podcast for new episodes every week. It sounds like content. It sounds like programming content, but it's promoting your podcast. All right. Make sense? A- yes, exactly. Two examples come to mind, and, and let's go to the two two things we were talking about when I was working with you when you were at the local radio station. We were talking about, number one, going back to that idea of that music uh, history uh, uh, content idea. You had proposed, and here's an idea to think about, and, 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 and I want you know the listener to come up with some ideas as they listen to us as well. But as as you know, if you have a group of podcasts that you work with, or you know, you maybe you're co-hosting two or three of them, you could actually buy time and promote what's coming up on a podcast. That's you know, or go back to your catalog. Let's talk a little bit about that idea that you have, you sure. put to me. So I'm looking at if you've got a podcast and you want to promote a podcast, you want to do it as economically as possible. So certainly, if you've got if you've got actual advertising budget and you want to buy a traditional uh, spot schedule on the radio, they'll be happy to sell you one. Um, 
you know, all that costs is money. You know, if you're spending money on Google ads and Facebook ads or TikTok ads, and you want to take some of that money in and experiment with radio, do it. I think radio mm-hmm. can be a really economical place to do traditional advertising, but it's also one of the best places to do some fun experimental advertising. Um, I was using the music history as an example uh, when I was speaking last, and that's a real life example I used for an ad campaign for a local uh, record store, a vinyl record store. Uh, they wanted to advertise on the air. They had a very small budget and we ended up doing a weekly spot. It ran once a week, every Thursday it ran. So it got people geared up for where they were going to shop on Friday and Saturday. And he did uh, this day in moment history, this week in music history, because it tied directly back to the products he was selling. So he could run a spot that talked about how, you know, on, on this day in music history, the Bee Gees recorded Stan Alive and, you know, they were in the studio for six hours to record the song or whatever little backstory you can find on uh, on Wikipedia about this. Feature a different artist every week and then you feature that album in the store. Oh, for the, to buy this album and a thousand other titles, visit Records Per Minute on South High Street. And it was this once a week, really low dose spot. It was a 60 second spot. Um, I won't go into how much it cost him because rates may vary, especially where you are versus where I am, but it was an inexpensive spot. It was a short term commitment. They made him agree to do it for, uh, three to six months at a time. He did it for six months. The first, uh, when he first started and then when it came time to renew it, it worked so well, he renewed for a year the next time, but it's one spot in the same day, the same time slot every single week and he built up a following people got to expect it as content and it was an economical way to bring people in he would run that spot and then he'd run a promotion about what he was doing in his store this week you know it's it's vinyl week you know they've got specials or he's got a band playing in the store that week but every week we talked about uh, a piece of a fun fact from music history you could do that with any topic if you've got a true crime podcast you could talk about you know, this day in history of true crime, this day in history stuff is really easy. It's a simple formula to follow. Um, you could do a trivia contest, not contest, but you could do a trivia question, uh, ask the question, see if people answer it the following week, give away the answer to last week's question in your spot this week. Um, the one I talked to Brett about because he helps so many podcasts, come into reality is to simply do a, uh, a spot on Fridays where you'd promote the different podcasts that you could listen to this week. So Brett as a podcast expert could be helping all these upstart uh, podcasts promote themselves by featuring their, the name of their podcast in his spot. So you could look at that as a place where he could generate revenue from it. He could add value to his consulting clients that, that are already paying him for his big, brilliant brain. Um, but to say on this Friday, hey, you've had a great week at work. You're going to be mowing the lawn this weekend. Here's some must-listen-to podcasts uh, while you're out there uh, mowing the lawn. Download this stuff, and it'll, time will fly. Um, so that kind of stuff on a regular basis where you advertise reliably, even if it's just once per week. All right. And to measure that as you do a social media do some kind of call to action, correct? I mean, you know, direct that, even though that listener is probably driving in a car, may not have access, but at least tell them to go somewhere that's easy to remember to at least know that if your your ad campaign's doing some kind of good work. Yeah, I always think you should introduce some sort of tracking into it. It, it might be a special discount. You know, tell us you heard this radio ad and save 10%. Um, 
a really great example here locally, we used to have a record, uh, not a record store, a carpet store, a rug store, uh, where on the radio spot, they would say, ask for Mr. Edwards. And there was no Mr. Edwards. The legend has it. There was no Mr. Edwards. But if you came into the store and you asked to speak to Mr. Edwards, they knew you heard their radio spot or their TV spot. So you could do that exact same kind of thing. But offer something exclusive, something very trackable. If you're going to offer that 10% discount on your radio spot, don't offer it on your Facebook page. You know, uh, what we did for the record store is we told people to ask for Jack. Well, Jack's the owner. So if they come in and ask for Jack, that's a really good way to track how they learned about him because they heard his name on the radio. Um, you could ask for people to submit their fun music history fact or the the next uh crime that they want to have featured mm-hmm. in uh your true crime podcast or for brett's thing where you're going to feature upcoming podcasts you could absolutely say well what's what's your favorite podcast and maybe we'll feature it on the air and if people come to a website and they fill that out that's really good tracking really good insight into the fact that somebody heard the spot and they came to your website to submit their podcast that's the only place you're promoting it. Right. So make it something unique that you're tracking. Right. Uh, the other thing that worked really well with this this music history thing and this idea about the featured podcast is you're going to do it re- repeatedly, same place, same time, every week, reliably. They would come to expect it there. On radio, when you're talking to a radio salesperson, they're going to talk to you about reach and frequency. And frequency is the number of times your ad runs. Reach is the number of people you reach while it's running. So they want you to spread your ads out all over the radio. That's your best result. You run them in all-day parts, and you run them as many times as you can afford because you're going to reach the broadest audience that way. If you're going to do this trick that we're talking about where it's one spot in the same place every week, you're going to reach that same audience every week, virtually the same audience, the listeners. Uh, might be in a drive time, a morning or an afternoon, where they know it's a large audience of listeners, but you're going to be in there and you're going to keep hitting the same people over and over and over again. The repetition's there, uh, the frequency won't be there, the reach won't be there, but the repetition will be. Right. So there's there's pluses and minuses yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, but one's really affordable and one's really expensive. No, right, exactly. You have to look at and work with the sales rep. To, can you be in that certain hour, probably an hour, not even a quarter hour piece, as well as maybe even looking at a uh, sponsorship of a fixed position as in a newscast, weather forecast or something. That's going to have a little bit more price tag to it, but it is a guarantee that you're going to be in that time slot you want rather than a whole day part. And still pretty economical. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the sponsor tags of the short stuff that you're talking about with traffic, news, weather, those things are, those things are nice. They're simple. Mm-hmm. They're typically low dough, shorter commitment times. You don't have to sign on for a whole year. Um, now your, your message time is more limited. You're talking about 10 seconds, 15 seconds at the most. Um, but it's good in expensive spots if you want to if you want to be on the air. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And another you know exposure point that we put together while you were at the radio station too was to create a uh, an event that benefited everyone that was involved. And what we did is you know come together with some like-minded podcast people, but bring different ideas to this event, different presentation pieces to this event. As in website design, part of our circle of sessions, the people you hear part of our podcast were part of that presentation that we did. We covered website design with with Yasmin. We did uh, social media 
with Tanisha. We did uh, a deep dive on how to interview with uh, John Remy. We had uh, an idea ge- idea generating session with you and me. Uh, we also brought in veteran podcasters to talk. And, and what we did was present this idea to the radio station saying, hey, we'd like to partner with you. You have an event space that we could do this. We're going to bring in businesses because our podcast session is is focusing on small businesses starting their podcast or maybe have already started, but they need that extra jump and need a little bit more insight on what they're doing. And while you have these businesses at your radio station, you have an opportunity to talk to them about advertising on radio. So uh, we did pull that off in the fall of 2022. Um, I thought it did well. Well, maybe you can add a little bit more about what you know perspective you had for the radio station at the time, why we did that as well. Yeah, I think it's a good example of, again, of what you really want out of um, a partnership with a radio station. There's a lot of work. You know, you, you put a lot of time and effort into building this event and you brought it to the radio station to say, hey, look, here's how I'm laying it out. I'm bringing in speakers in these different fields. Um, you've got a space here. Is there a way for us to partner on letting me use the space and you promoting it on the air in exchange for you having access to the people who are showing up? demonstrating yourself as a resource for these businesses, offering up special advertising packages to the people who attended. If you can give a radio station an opportunity to make $5 off of $1 that you're spending, they could end up giving you $10 in value so they can make money off of it themselves. You're putting a lot more work on yourself because you're going to have to produce something that is worth the radio station investing time and energy in promoting uh, and making it interesting enough that it will attract their audience and it's something that their group can monetize. Um, Something that comes to mind, again, I'll, I'll go with True Crime Podcast. If you're doing some sort of true crime tour, you know, you've got your regular podcast and then at Halloween you're doing a tour of the different famous infamous crime scenes uh, of historical interest in your city. That could be a cool thing. A radio station might have an interest in, you know, maybe they'll send their DJ to go on the tour to take the tour with you, or maybe they want to give away space in your tour to listeners who, who call in during the morning show to win, you know, maybe they'll have you on and do an interview about what to expect on your tour, but you have to have that tour ready to go. And it's got to be really cool and engaging for that to happen. An easier way uh, to associate with an event might be to look at the station's actual promotions and events calendar. Um, One of the local stations here does a series of artisan markets where they bring in artists and vintage vendors and food trucks. And they're promoting that on the air as a station event all summer and fall. And every one of those events, they bring 500 or more people out to. Well, you don't even have to advertise as part of that event for 50 bucks. You can get a booth out at one of their events. That's a great way to ride the coattails of something the station's already doing and getting out in front of them. Now, what would a podcaster do with that booth? Well, you could record a live event depending on what your let's say your podcast is about local artists. What a great place to interview local artists at an artist fair at an, at a marketplace. Maybe you're into collectibles market and you're going to go from booth to booth talk talk to the guy who set up the comic book booth, talk to the person who brought in their vinyl collection, talk to the people who brought in the vintage clothing. Maybe you do food reviews. Great place to do the the food truck reviews that are there. And 
all them all the time talking to people uh, local who are milling about and shopping at the at the market uh, about your about your podcast. It's also a great place to sell your apparel. In a past episode, we talked about promoting yourself with imprinted promotional products. If you've got a really cool T-shirt, great place to sell it. Get people to to be your billboard for you and they'll pay you 20 bucks for the privilege. So look for events that the station's already doing that you can become a bigger part of as well. Yeah, there are still a lot of awe in somebody seeing you as a podcaster at an exhibit booth or a table. It's still pretty amazing. This is not an overdone situation at all. You go out, people are going to stop by going, oh, your podcast, that's cool. It happened. It, 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 I think people are underutilizing these type of events. I agree. And you know, the, one of the great things that can happen to you as a podcaster is to go out there and have somebody go, "Oh man, I listen to you. I, I love your podcast. I didn't know you were here in town." The best thing that can happen to you is somebody comes up and goes, "Oh, I love podcasts, but I've never heard of yours." What a great opportunity for you to talk about your podcast to somebody who said they're interested in podcasting. They love podcasts. Oh, and then start talking about your favorite ones. I keep using true crime, mm-hmm. but. It's a one of the more popular formats. So if somebody's listening to podcasting or listening to true crime podcasts, they're going to come out and go, oh, well, I listen to this one and this one and this one. I never heard of yours before. What's yours about? And you can go, oh, well, I listen to those ones too. Matter of fact, that, that podcast is the one that gave me the idea to launch my own podcast. People who are interested in podcasts talk about podcasts. So it's a great place to make connections. It is, definitely, yeah. So if um, you have any other, you know, thoughts, uh, well, ideas. I will give yeah. you, I will give you my favorite, uh, what I think is the most undervalued time on a radio station. Gotcha. Um, so when people talk about radio, if you know anything about radio at all, you know, drive time, right? Morning drive, afternoon drive. It's the biggest audiences. It's the most expensive spots. Uh, people are trapped in their cars. You know, they've got nothing else to do. I think a great opportunity. Because those are all priced accordingly. You know, they've got the biggest audience, so it's got the big, biggest price tag. But radio stations broadcast 24-7. So there are what's called overnights, late night spots and overnight spots. So this is when they have the smallest audience. You know, these are the, the night owls who, who are up late and can't sleep, or they're working third shift at some place, uh, or they're uh, delivering pizzas all night. You know, these are, these are folks who consist of a smaller but i i'd wager even more loyal audience um but the spots are also priced accordingly these are the cheapest spots that you can buy on the air so there are some incredible values to be had and i think if you've got a podcast and i'm gonna throw out true crime again because that's a good one if you've got a podcast about horror you know there's a one of the most popular podcasts out there right now is lore uh lore is all about creepy horror stories little short stories, legends, you know, urban myths. If you've got a podcast like that, what better time to run that than at midnight, right? It's like the witching hour. Um, if you've got a podcast about freelancing, you know, if somebody's got a full-time job, they're staying up late to work on their projects and they're probably listening to audio while they're doing it. So side hustles. Uh, maybe you've got a podcast about insomnia. I know there's a podcast where the guy does a really dull kind of speaking to try and get you to go to sleep and maybe it's the AMSR stuff I I, I don't know but that those would be great spots to run in overnight so think about it you know would that work if, if you've got a horror movie review podcast 
late night spots, you could get a spot for like five bucks on overnights. Uh, you could buy out overnights for $50. You could own all the spots overnights. So there are some great deals to be had there. And, and uh, task your radio salesperson, call them up and go, oh, I got little money. What's the cheapest spots I can buy? And see what they come back with. And if it makes sense, experiment. But as Brett said earlier, put some pieces in place to track. You know, make sure you've got some things in there that you'll be able to determine your ROI. Tell your radio salesperson that you're going to be tracking. So do they have any ideas of what they could be doing to help you track your results too? A lot of them are using new technology now that uh, something I thought was really cool was they can give you a report that can show you when your spots ran and what the traffic to your website was when your spots ran so that you can look at your historical information and go, well, I never got traffic to my website after midnight before, but I've been running these late night spots on the radio station. All of a sudden I got traffic coming to my website. It's definitely worth that. So track everything. You never know what story you're going to be able to tell from it. But uh, if you don't track it, you'll you'll always be wondering. Yeah. But try and determine an ROI. You want to make sure it makes sense. And I think you're right about the, the categories that are available. I uh, This is a, a sidebar to podcasting, but I worked with a, a, a local coffee company, and they he has a book that he sells. It's, it's basically the template. You buy this book, and you're going to buy our system of this coffee company. And um, he wanted to do an audio version addendum to this book. And I was working with the marketing director, and she asked me, she said, when do you think our best time uh, when this book is sold? And this book is like 40 bucks. It's not like cheapo stuff. If you're interested in this coffee company and you want to do the system, you're going to buy the book. I said, I have no idea. The tracking system showed that this book was the, the most purchases are made at two o'clock in the morning. See, that's there's a reason yes. infomercials buy late night television. Yeah. Yeah. So even though the audience is smaller, it could very well be the audience you want. And yep. who wouldn't for 50, 60, 75, 100 bucks, at, you know, get an additional 150 listeners. That's worth it. Overall, you know, if you think about it, short term gives you, then you, they don't go away. You got them, you know, that's sort of thing. Yeah, so, I, yeah. You know, if you've got the right, again, it has to be the right mm-hmm. one. It, it can't be, it's got to be a good match. Yeah. And you have to be able to tell a story that will attract those listeners. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, especially late night listeners, inhibitions are, are down. Mm-hmm. Um, your imagination, I think, is is peaked. Your curiosity mm-hmm. is peaked. You're, you're uh, open to new ideas. So I think. I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side of that, you could try early morning too. When you said coffee, it kind of put me in mind of if you had more of a morning themed piece, you could advertise at three or four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got some super early birds. What they have that whole 5 a.m. club radio station drive time is going to start kicking in about eight, maybe. So you could still get really good, really good cheap rates up till 6 a.m. probably. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would I would guess so. I mean, TV is starting but, to do news programming at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so some so somebody's saying, you know, at least they're looking at those people that have the drive time in maybe an hour. So they're up at four because they have to get on the road by five to get to work. At, or they're know, getting yeah. up, they're getting on the treadmill, they're yeah. turning on the TV yeah. and on the treadmill for the the first thirty right. minutes of their day. So yeah. people could be listening to your podcast. Mm-hmm. People could be listening to the radio. I listen to audio when I get up, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm listening to radio. Exactly. To playlist. Yeah. 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 Good. Well, if you have any questions, any comments, any thoughts. You want to ask more of Don? Don, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, the best place to find me is on virtually any social media. The username is at Don the Idea Guy, or you can find me at fivebuckbrainstorms.com. Good. You can catch me at mypodcastguy.com. And thanks for following and subscribing to the Circle Sessions from Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants. 